Right. Um, the thing that I've, part of me, I think the wrong part of me would, would maybe want to just move on and talk about something different. I, but as I kind of just turn my heart to the Lord and, and think about what it is that I feel like is the most important thing to talk about amongst us, amongst the people that are here, and maybe the people that are online too, I hope, um, just kind of seems to continue to circle around the whole idea of walking with the Lord or like, or walking in the spirit, just real practical things. I think for a lot of years I had felt like I was seeing some things that were true and I liked to talk about those things, but I didn't say a whole lot that was uh, very practical. And, and maybe that's why I'm making up for lost time or something, but I, I feel just a, a desire in my heart to, that, that all of us live the truth. And that's just something that's become more and more important to me. There's, there's a knowing of the truth and then there's a, a living of the truth. And the only reason I think that the Lord, the spirit of God guides us into all truth is so that we'll live it. And that's what I want to do. And anything that comes short of living the truth seems to my heart to come short of everything. Because that's why we're supposed to know the truth. We're supposed to abide in it and walk in it and live in it and experience it and let its work, the work of, of it making us free, actually become a reality in us and and when I when I look around at um, the the Christian world or the religious world, there's so much um, debate and so much interest in what is the truth, but there's very little, it seems to me, interest or concern about living the truth today. And so. That's kind of where I just, ever, just to kind of let you into my heart a little bit, every time I've sat down in the last couple months, really, to, to think about <clears throat> or ask the Lord about what, what to talk to you guys about, that's just kind of what's been com coming to my heart. And the thing, the thing that's on my heart right now, this morning, is something I've talked about in a couple of different groups this week, too, to some degree, and that's, um, it has to do with Christ being the way. And... We all know Christ said, I am the way, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. In, um, in Hebrews, it talks about how God has opened up a new and living way for us. A new and living way. There's a, there's a verse in Exodus chapter 32. There's a bunch of these similar verses to this, but I'll just turn to this one. It says, well, what I'm aiming at. And <clears throat> it's the time when... Israel's come out into the wilderness. They've begun to, they should have begun to or really understand what it means, understood what it means to follow God in the way that he's laid before them. And yet, um, where is it here? It says in verse seven, 
And the Lord said to Moses, go down. So Moses is up on the mountain and they're, they're down below fashioning a golden calf and worshiping, worshiping it and following it according to their own ideas. <clears throat> and the Lord says, go down, go get down for your people who you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They've turned aside quickly out of the way that I've commanded them. Well, so in what sense, if we're, if we're talking about Christ being a way, I, I, in what sense can we say that Christ is a way? How can a person be a way? I think that's a good thing to, to think about. I think, and I think that if the, the first thing that kind of comes in most people's mind is that they kind of picture Christ, and, and it, rightly so, as a door or as like a kind of like an archway or something, and that you have to pass through him. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and I think that's true. But these days, I think of Christ being the way as more than just like a doorway. I think of it like a long, I think of him or experiencing him as the way as kind of like a long uh, hallway or like a long tunnel. I think it's more helpful to think of him that way. Maybe like a long hallway with doors on every side. And instead of just walking through him as the way in one step, like you would a doorway, thinking about him as a long passageway or a long hallway that we have to walk in him in order to get to the destination, in order to stay in the right path. Um, we need to stay in that tunnel or stay in that passageway. And and the reason I think that it's a better, maybe a better analogy or a better way to view it is because experiencing Christ as our way isn't a one-time decision that we make. It's not just a, a prayer that we pray. It's not just agreeing in our minds that Christ is the only way to, to the Father or believing that doctrine. You can, you can believe that idea, that doctrine, or that statement of Christ that I am the way and no one comes to the Father but through me, um, <clears throat> and yet be not staying in that way. You can believe in the case of Israel in Exodus 32, that, that God, that I am, that uh, Jehovah is the one that brought them out of Egypt and the one that said he wants to bring them into the promised land and make them a kingdom of priests. But, and yet you can make very obvious that, you, that to him, at least, and to anyone that has eyes to see it, that you're not walking in the one who is the way. And so that's... Again, to kind of focus in what I'm thinking about this morning or feeling this morning, it's, it's kind of along that question. What does it mean to stay in the way? What does it mean to, <clears throat> to progress down that hallway to, and, to, and to make sure that we don't quickly go out of the way that the Lord has led us into? Because that is the, you could, again, you can go out of that way while you still believe the right things. You can go out of that way while you're still attending regular church services. Uh, in fact, you can never go into that way 
are never experienced that way just by believing true things or going to church services. The, the way isn't a belief. Uh, the, the way isn't an agreement with that scripture. The way is, if maybe I had to say it in a, in a few words, uh, the way I see it or feel it right now, the way is a continual um, submission a continual voluntary submission to a life or to a living spirit. That's how you stay in the, in the hallway. <clears throat> That's how you stay in the tunnel. You take steps, you, you, you move from <clears throat> inward Egypt to inward, the, the inward kingdom of God or the in, inward, <clears throat> excuse me, inward promised land. Uh, not not by just believing that God opened up the Red Sea, not just by believing that he painted blood over the door, but by living in a continual, voluntary, inward and outward submission to a living spirit. And to me, that's that's really the most important thing. Uh, it, it's it's if our Christianity has to do with beliefs or or actions or the lack of certain actions or behaviors, but doesn't have to do at a heart level on a daily basis on a on an hourly basis with a continual voluntary submission to a living spirit then I don't think we're going to be able to stay in the way. I think that we're going to be led off by many of the false ways or the imaginations of, of our own heart. And the scripture I just read, we've talked about this many times before, but they, they did not intend to abandon the God that brought them out of Egypt. They just didn't stay in a continual, voluntary heart submission to him. And they started to try to understand him, to know him, to follow him, to worship him, according to something that didn't come from him. And I think you could say it like this. I think that there's something that will always take you out of the way. And that something that will always take you out of the way is your own independent will. And if you follow that will, if you follow your own independent will, I don't mean just in rebellious ways, uh, that ways that seem or feel rebellious or wicked or evil or, or, or obvious sins to everybody around you. I just mean if you, if you walk in your own will... And, and, and follow your own will, instead of following in a careful, voluntary, continual submission to a living spirit, then you are going to follow something that will, in every, every time, will take you out of the way that the Lord has placed you in. When you start to follow Christ, he places you in a living spirit, or he places a living spirit in you. 
And he desires that you submit to that spirit and yield to that spirit and walk in that spirit and learn to love that spirit and turn to that spirit and let that spirit correct you and teach you and, and put to death in you the deeds of, of another will and another nature and all of that. But the only thing you have to do to walk out of that way or to not experience that living way is to walk in and follow your own will. And and every step in your own, if you can just, if you can, this this has become so important to me in the last few years, especially to understand that every step that I take in my own will, in in a will that is not turned and submitted to Him, is a step in the wrong direction. It's a step towards a trap. It's a step towards a, a big pit that if I continue to walk in it, I, I will lose my way. So I guess I'm saying that your will is not the way. And that sounds really obvious, but I think our lives prove that we don't really believe it. The way that we live. We think, we think that we can believe in Jesus and... Um, change some things about what we do or what we believe or what we do on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or whatever, but we can still primarily still follow the, um, follow the dictates or live in a submission to our own will and take Jesus with us. That's what we think. We think that we can get up in the morning and we can do our will and take Christ with us. And what I'm trying to say is that that's the way to go out of the way. As common as that is, <clears throat> and I've experienced that in myself, I'm not looking, I don't need to look anywhere other than my own heart to, to see that. And I've had to ask the Lord those kinds of questions before. Lord, why am I lost? Why am I not changing? Why am I not growing in, in life? And so many times, again, especially in the last number of years, as the Lord has taught me to be so much more careful, to be watchful and 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 uh, vigilant in this in this journey the the thing that i've come back and i've i've had to see and had to feel and had to face so many times is that i've gone off quickly from his way and i've tried to take him into my way and uh and i lose i lose the way that way i don't even know that i lose the way until i find the amalekites striking me because I, I walked out or because I find serpents biting my heels or you know all these pictures in the in, in the desert, in the wilderness when, when they when they would not walk in his way they, they whenever they got out of that circle of light and life whenever they got out of that inward heart submission to the life of God they, they found some form of death and danger all the time and sometimes you don't even realize that you've gone outside the boundaries of that circle of light and truth and life until the serpent, until you feel that bite on your heel, or until you uh, you feel a plague spreading through your body, or leprosy takes over you, you know, or um, in in one inward way or another. And and so and, and then you come to the Lord, or you run to the high priest, as we've been talking about. You say, "What? What? How did this get there?" And the and the Lord says, "Look, you." stopped walking in the hallway where did you think it was going to lead you you stopped walking under a continual heart voluntary 
submission to the life of God, what, what did you think you were going to find? There's only, I am the way. And, and you, can, you can try to argue with the Lord and say, no, I already believe that. I've believed that for 20 years or whatever. I've always believed that you're the way. Well, then, then walk in it today. And you won't ever go out of the path or the, the hallway or the tunnel that I am. But if you think that you can call me the way and yet walk in your own will, that's, that's the mistake. That's where, the, that's where you took the side door and found the, the serpents and the Amalekites and the, and the plagues. Man's will is not the way. In, in fact, man's independent will is the thing that has led every man and woman from the very beginning by following it, by, by believing uh, the, the, the will in us that rises up to find a way outside of the Lord, by believing that uh, that's, that's how every man and woman has, has, um, that's ever found the, near, the, the broad path that leads to destruction, that leads to death. That's how they found it. They didn't, they didn't necessarily, I mean, some do, I, I know, I think few do, but some actually go looking for destruction. But most just go looking for their own will and in, in the hopes that um, their own zeal or their own understanding or their own wisdom or their own something will lead them in the right way and, the, and that God or whatever version of God that they, they believe in will, will meet them and, and, and protect them along the way. But... That's just not true. And, and in order to, this is another, another verse that's been on my mind this week. Um, and, and I think we've talked about it too, but is that verse in John chapter seven, <clears throat> where Jesus is talking to his brothers who don't believe in him yet. And they say, his brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you're doing. For no one does anything in secret while he, seeks himself, while he himself seeks to be known openly. See, that's where they made the mistake right there, where they said, while he himself seeks. Jesus wasn't doing anything at all like that, about anything while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. That's just, that's right there. That's it. That's why the brothers didn't believe in him yet. That's why they were going up to the feast whenever they wanted to. That's why they were in so many ways going going off at that point off into their own will into their own way because their time was always ready you go up to the feast i am not yet going up to the feast for my time has not yet fully come and if we if we can just all maybe just go away today just like having that 
in our hearts a little bit deeper that man's time is always ready. That, that in other words, my, my time is always ready to speak my own words, to seek my own desires, to pursue my own interests, to protect myself in my own ways from my insecurities and fears. My time is always ready to react to my own irritation and anger. My time's always ready. See, that's that's the that's in such a little statement of Christ. He kind of just defined the the nature of the human will. It's always ready to do whatever it wants. And if we live that way, which everyone does, we start living that way. And that's honestly I think why we start becoming so familiar first with the seed of the serpent and the seed of the because <coughs> Because we start just following our own will. And our time is always ready. And our life then becomes kind of like this continual knee-jerk reaction to the things that are around us. We don't even really think. We just feel desire or we feel fear or we feel anger or we feel something. I'll feel a desire to speak, a desire to act, a desire to pursue, a desire to follow, something else. And our life then just becomes a whole series of, of, of manifestations that our time is always, always ready. That it's, it's time to act. It's time to speak. It's time to do whatever I want to do. Like, what are you going to do today? I'm going to do whatever I want because that's what I did yesterday and that's what I'm going to do tomorrow too. And that's what I've always done. And, and, what, and aren't you a Christian? Yeah, well, Jesus will be there with me. I'll take him with me where I go. And I won't do the really bad things. But see that that's how that's how you get out of the the way, and it's so easy. You know, you know. When I say knee jerk reaction, I just have. I it's like that. I don't know if they still do that at doctors' offices anymore. Where they whack your knee and it goes doing. Um, my dad used to have one of those little whackers, and I used to play with it when I was a kid. And uh, but it just it, as soon as it's almost like as soon as the thing touches you, your your knee just goes wing, and and that's kind of how. Think about your heart like that or your will like that. Just as soon as there's someone in front of you, my words. I'm going to speak my words. Just as soon as there's some opportunities or things that you could do, my, my will, my choice. It's my choice. You see? And if you live like that, then your time is always ready. And, and you're seeking for yourself which is what Jesus' brothers assumed he was doing because that's what they were doing. And yet Jesus says, I, I can't go up now. My time hasn't fully come. And, and just the fact that Jesus lived like that should be really instructive to us, that he lived in a way where his time for doing anything was only ready when it was ready <laughs> from the father's point of view. And and that's why he could say, the words you hear, they're not mine, they're the father's. He who has seen me, have you, have you been with me so long, Philip, and yet you don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. I've never done anything that wasn't the father. I mean, what a, what a statement. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. That is the same thing as saying, I've never done anything. That was my own. 
everything you've heard from me, everything you've seen in me, everything you've watched in me. Every time I snuck off and spent a whole mountain, a whole night in the in prayer on the mountain, and you guys couldn't find me. Every time I said something simple, every time I said something profound, every time I did something, every time I refused to do something, none of that was me. None of that was my independent will. And I don't, I don't do, I don't live as you guys do. I don't live in a constant state of knee-jerk reactions to my own thoughts and my own will and my own insecurities and my own temptations. Jesus was tempted in all things as we were, but without sin. That is to say, without ever entering into his own will to deal with those temptations, to respond to those temptations. That's what he, that's why he's so, that's why he was what he was. Everything about him was the manifestation of another being from another place. And we, as the body of Christ, can live that way and should live, live that, way, that way. And so all of that makes me think that, um, coming, coming back again to like, like the practical, what does that mean then for, for our lives? Say something practical. Well, here's, here's something practical that has become super meaningful to me. And it's just really simple. It's this. Slow down. Slow down your life. Don't be so quick to act, to respond. S- slow down and stay behind the Lord. And... And that, if you just do that with your heart desiring to stay behind him, to, to not run ahead of him, to be slow to speak, slow to act, slow to choose, slow to everything, and, and stay. This, I mentioned this last night in a meeting I did, that, that this... Um, Scripture in in uh, Joshua chapter three. Where is it? Okay, so it says then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from uh, Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and when they And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Kind of a strange thing to tell them. They're just crossing a river. Uh, not even a very big river. And, and yet he says, don't, don't go past the ark. Make sure that the ark stays 200 cubits ahead of you. Don't run in front of it. Stay behind it. Keep your eyes on it. It'll show you the way. 
if you go past it, it, just think about naturally speaking how this clearly doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're just, they're going across a river. I mean, it obviously makes a whole lot of spiritual sense. And there's reasons why, the, very good reasons why the Lord told them this. But, but the, the reasons and the sense, at least the sense that I see in it, isn't natural. It's not like they wouldn't know how to cross a river, especially since the water was stopped and it was just a matter of walking a few paces across it. You know, it, but, but the Lord tells them to stay behind 200 cubits or 2,000 cubits behind. And what I see there is is basically what I'm what I'm saying here. That that is how we're supposed to. That is the way that it's it's necessary to relate to the Lord in this way. If we're going to stay in the way, we need to be careful to keep behind the ark and to not assume we know where it's going, even though the way might seem obvious and clear. To keep it in view, to wait until we can see it. And I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not saying at all that you're going to have mm-hmm. a specific, we talked about this one other week, that you're going to have a specific revelation for every little thing that you do. That's not what I'm saying. But I, what I am saying that if you don't try in your heart to stay back behind it, keep your eyes forward to it, but rather run quickly into actions and decisions and words, then you're going to very quickly go out of the way that he's placed you in. Because again, the way that he's placed you in isn't just a belief. It's not just a, a, a way of, of behaving that you're going to try to do now that you have certain beliefs. It's a living, continual, voluntary submission to a very living power or spirit or life that God has put inside of your heart. It is so easy to lose sight of that ark because it's, it's put inside of you in the midst of so many other voices and sounds and, and flags and arrows and, and road signs that you're used to following. And if you don't conscientiously and, and intentionally and voluntarily try to stay behind that arc 2,000 cubits, then you will inevitably run ahead of it, run ahead into your own um, into your own will. And I think what he says there about, you have not gone this way before. You, you can kind of look at that, and I've, I've looked at that scripture from a, diff- from a couple different perspectives before. But I think you could say the same thing really about every day. Like, be careful today. You've never, you've never actually passed through today yet. You've never passed, you've never made it through today behind the ark, in the will of God, submitting to the life of God. Today's, it's a whole new thing you've never gone past today, you know? You can't say that you did today, yesterday, and you know the way, is what I'm trying to say. Today is something you've never passed through today. You don't really know what it's going to mean to stay behind the ark, to stay submitted to that life, to stay underneath the will of another, to bow your neck to that yoke. You don't know what that's going to mean, so be careful. Be careful today. You've never passed this way today before. 
You've never had the conversations you're going to have today. You've never had to watch your, your, your actions and your choices and your mouth and everything in the, in the ways that are going to be necessary today. You've never passed this way before, so be careful. Stay back. Stay back behind that, that arc. That very simple practice of slowing down and looking and watching and not being quick to act and, and, and run and decide in your own will and way is, I think, one of the, one of the important things that I just kind of wanted to present before you guys today and maybe stop with that and